Hey guys, this is We the Millennials, where we discuss politics and pop culture from a conservative millennial point of view. My name is Sage. This is Josh. And uh, this week, President Trump uh, allegedly called uh, a couple of countries uh, SH holes. Or, you know, so, um, so yeah. I say it allegedly because um, I'm not fully convinced he said them. And there are a number of people. It's not just me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, do it, you know? Is it surprising that he might have said this? Absolutely not. Would I be surprised if he did say it? No, I wouldn't. Um, but <clears throat> I still want to err on the side of caution. And I want to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. Granted, if he did say it, I don't think it was, it was a racist comment. And I know that's loaded. You know, and everyone's calling it that. Uh, I don't quite think it was that. I mean, and we can get into that later, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. You know, I agree. I think it's just so much going on with, uh, yeah, definitely Trump could have said this. Absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if he did say it. The thing is, is are we, we're just going to take something that we have no you know, official, you know, recording. We have many conflicting stories about what was actually said. So, you know, what do we do? You know, and you already have a a high end point of where people already distrust the media, the news, the reporting, everyone who's against Trump, you know, so you have the the never Trumpers who obviously they jump on it and they want to kill Trump for saying it. Then you have, you know, the the full blown Trump supporters who always come to his aid and they either one happy that he said it right, and they agree with the the statement and the sentiment that could arise from that, or you have them that he never said these things or, you know, Trump would never speak like that. So, I mean, I'm on the side of where, yeah, this is definitely plausible for Donald Trump to, you know, talk like this. It doesn't surprise me whatsoever. But again, I'm getting to the point where, you know, what do I believe? Do I trust the media? And is everything Trump always said, is everything that Trump always says racist? I feel like that's a trending thing. Or is Trump just always a threat to everyone? Because, you know, you have this, you know, these Haiti comments and then you have, you know, uh, most recently the uh, false alarm in Hawaii with the missile threat. Trump is was getting blamed for that. Why? He had nothing to do with this. This was someone who, you know, pressed the button by accident. How? I have no idea. But, you know, press this uh, threat, uh, missile threat uh, alarm. And you have people fleeing for, like, the the storm drains, you know. And then you have Twitter blowing up. Well, this this happened, and these people are only scared because this is a reality in the age of Trump. Like, no. That is so stupid. You know, it's like, how far are we going to go with these, (laughs) these allegations? My thing is, like, why did this never happen to anyone else? You know what I'm saying? Like, What do you mean? 
Like, why was it this false alarm? And I'm not saying there's a conspiracy against Trump, but you see how these, like, I feel like Trump. There's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, Trump always has a lot of negative things uh, just floating around his administration. And, I mean, a lot of times I think it is his fault. A lot of these things, you know, he leaves things open to speculation. Uh, he's just not the... He's not. I wouldn't. I don't want to say he's not the smartest guy, but he just doesn't care. He's not really there to be the charismatic president. Yeah. Uh, he's going to say how he feels, regardless of who's in the room or how it may sound or who it may offend. Yeah, I agree. I'm kind of tired of trying to justify, for lack of a better word, justify some of the things that he's doing. Right. Right. Or, or the, some of the things that he's saying. So if I say on Twitter, like, you know, I don't necessarily think this, you know, bleep hole comment uh, was a racist comment. I don't think it was, you know, he was targeting people of darker skin. But with that, it seems like I have to justify why and kind of <laughs> help president or help others understand what President Trump is trying to say. Granted, I could be wrong. I mean, he could have been 100 percent racist with the comment. I don't think he was going that route, but. Could have been. But to your point, he's kind of careless. And I think especially, I mean, of course, with the president of the United States, you can't be careless. And you have to I mean, be very meticulous with everything you say. Right. And you have PR people, you have speechwriters, you have all these, these resources. You know, you should be a little bit more well-spoken and um, a little more clear in your comments. Granted, this was a behind-closed-doors comment. It wasn't to the public, and I think that's something that should be said. Um, I think generally, people in general say things or or they are a little bit more candid when they know they're not being recorded or watched. Or you get what I'm saying? Um, and again, I I'm not even 100 sure that this actually happened. Uh, that he actually said these things. Um, the person, Senator Durbin. The one who leaked this to the media, he's been known to, he's lied multiple times, you know, to the media. Yeah, there's Um, been a few reports that have come out, you know, with reports uh, with him in the Washington Post. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, might he be telling the truth this time? Absolutely. Might he be lying? Sure. This is my point. It's like, I think so. But this is where, you know, it's, if he is telling the truth, and no one believes him, then that's his fault for fabricating stories, you know, time and time again. And if Trump is telling the truth that he didn't say the comments, then this is also his fault for being, like you said, so careless with his words. So it's a double-edged sword, you know, and it goes both ways. So, yeah, it's just, like you said, I'm very tired of just having to justify... Or having to constantly explain, you know, I'm not a racist, you know, because I voted for Donald Trump and he says this and I don't think what he said is racist. You know, you begin to get down that path of, well, you voted for him. You're not saying, you're not, you know, outright objecting these things as racist or you're just not condemning it as soon as it comes out. So you're a racist too. You're complicit. You know, like Cory Brooker said uh, today to uh, 
the uh, chief of uh, the Department of Homeland Security, you know, it was a yelling match. It was it's foolishness. But it gets to that point where you just want to shout down the opposition. You want to make someone look like a racist or yeah. like they don't care, which is not the truth. Wait, why can't we just wait for the facts? Or if there is no facts, then what do you want me to do? Yeah. Again, I said Trump is very plausible that it, it could he could have said these words. I don't deny that. But again, what do you want me to I don't have any proof of these things. I want proof. I don't care what it is or who it is, Republican or Democrat. I want proof of what was said. Especially before we start, you know, throwing around the label that someone is racist. Right. That's a pretty big deal. I mean, maybe not it might not be anymore cuz just cuz how everyone's been throwing it around, but I still think we should, you know, just kind of chill out with, with certain things. I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, Cory Booker just saying, hey, you're complicit in this if you agree or if you could fail to condemn or whatever. I mean, I think that's a uh, a big tactic of the left, especially in the le- since 2016, you know, the election. If you disagree with the left, you are racist. If you uh, agree with Republican policy, um, you voted for Trump, you're a racist. You know, there's a few people I would like to ask, hey, what would make me not a racist? And I, I would like, I would really be curious for their answer. I mean, I, what it would be was, I mean, essentially they would have, a, they, you know, they would say a number of things, but essentially they would say, when you agree with me, they're innocent, they're good, they're benevolent. But if you're on the other side of the aisle, you are a racist, you're a bigot, you're a homophobe, you're a Islamophobe, you get what I'm saying? All that is kind of thrown in, thrown together. And it, it's, and that's why we have people, that's why Trump won. I know that everyone kind of throws that around, but, you know, people get mad. I mean, everyone who, who voted Republican, according to the left, you know, in general, homophobe, Islamophobe, bigot. This, this, and that. What were they saying in 2012 for the people who wanted to vote for Mitt Romney? Yeah. You're an Islamophobe. Same you're thing. a bigot. You're a homophobe. It's the same thing. So eventually people get tired. And what, what do we get? Donald Trump. Right. I mean, it's clear. Right. And it sucks because I don't think any... I don't want to say... I think anyone who wanted... I mean, Donald Trump, he, you know, he's making changes. I think he is doing positive things. But anyone who wanted a president that was more focused on getting policies done uh, without being on Twitter, without creating sideshows around his administration, we didn't want Trump. We didn't want it to come to this. Uh, you know, obviously, I didn't vote for Trump in the primaries. Um, but when it came down to Hillary or Donald Trump, I mean, it was very clear to me, you know, I'm definitely going to take Donald Trump over Hillary just based on policy issues, mm-hmm. you know. Who'd you vote for in the primaries? I voted for Ted Cruz, but that's only because Rand Paul was not, he was already out of uh, the Republican race. By the by time I hit time. Florida. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would have much preferred, you know, Rand Paul over both of them, but I would have definitely... Uh, prefer Ted Cruz over Donald Trump any day of the week. But again, when I line up Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, 
you know, it's very clear, you know, who I'm going to choose. Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, for me, I get for other people, you know, it was definitely a moral travesty to vote for Trump. I understand that. I can understand that. But is that going to stop me? No. I mean, again, am I looking for the president to be a moral leader of the country? No. Do I wish the president could behave in a manner that is, you know, upstanding, right, upstanding of the presidential office? Sure, I would definitely want that from Donald Trump. But this is what what we got. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's difficult, dude. Cuz I mean, I I definitely do I'm happier that Trump is in office than I would be had if Clinton had been in office. Um a lot of the things he's done has have been good, you know. Uh, a lot of things he's done, uh, especially in the last maybe half of the year, 2017. Right. Um, did some good stuff. And I don't regret that. I think a lot uh, of what's going on, especially after talking to people, and a lot of it is just, uh, I mean, we, and this is something we continue to just, you know, this podcast is built on on this premise that people are uneducated um, regarding, you know, politics and regarding a lot of this stuff. So a lot of this is, is emotion-based. Right. Um, you go on Facebook, you go on Twitter, <clears throat> excuse me, you go on Facebook, you go on Twitter, everybody has an opinion, everyone has something to say. Most people hate Donald Trump. They say he's a bigot, and if you support him, he raises all this. But a lot of this is without any education on anything he's done. You know, all they're seeing are, you know, why can't we get people from Norway instead of these bleep hole countries? That's what they see. They don't know any of the good things he's done. Uh, I've talked to people who didn't like the tax plan you know the tax cuts and because you know they don't care about the the government taking their money as long as it goes to good things and yeah you know of course and that's fine but they have to realize that you can still give your money to the government if you want i mean there is an irs you know allotment where you can send your money if you want to send your money to the irs you can do that I mean, it's not a joke. It's very serious. You can actually send your money. If you want the government to take more of your money just and just give it to them, yeah. you can do that. Send it's very simple. Check. Yeah. Checkbook, write out the, you know, I guess the remainder of the tax cuts. But how many of those people do you think will actually do it? Nobody. Nobody. Zero You want to know why? <laughs> because they don't really care. They don't really care. No, they don't. They don't really care about those social programs. It's all virtue signaling, man. Right. So you give them the opportunity to give back to the government. Give it to them. They're not going to do it. And the government's not going to do anything positive with your money either. They're going to spend it on foolishness. On more abortions and guns for Iran or something. Right. I mean, it's just going to go down the drain. More government programs. You know, more allotment. It's just... Again, government is way too big to be take wanting to take more money from us yeah the only way i mean this tax plan is great i wish we could just have a flat tax of like 10 to 15 percent and i'd be happy with that no deductions nothing that'd be great you know no exemptions just pay you know 10 to 15 percent you know whatever the 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 13 percent right in the middle right in the middle and everyone, you know, from the guy who's, you know, making the least to the guy who's making, you know, billions of dollars, 13%. 
You know, and, very simple. And, and we can get rid of the IRS. Yeah, absolutely. And regarding the taxes, you know, of course, I, I was talking to other people about it. And it's frustrating because, you know, hey, this is only for, you know, this is only for the big guys up top, the 1%. This isn't really helping us. Even if you tell them, oh, no, we're actually, we're saving money too. The vast majority of people in the middle class to, I mean, low, uh, the lower to middle class are all saving money. Right. Oh, yeah, but it's a minuscule amount while they while they save tons of money on the, in the 1%. But you see right there, it's a, they don't really know what taxes are. They don't really know how the taxes work. Dude, right. literally this person is it's putting almost, yeah, in it, more money into taxes than you make a year. Right, exactly. And it's almost as if it's a right for the government to take your money. Like it's a need, it's a necessity that they must, and you must give it to them. No, I agree. You must pay your taxes or you're going to go to jail. You know, so pay your taxes, people. But the reality is, is that, no, it, it's not a government, governmental right. It's not, they, they, the government has no rights. They don't have rights. They protect rights. Our rights. Our rights. But they don't have any. So, yeah, it's just very, it's a very skewed view of what the government is and what it does. The government is the savior to the left. Right. Um, and, of course, that, there's a, that's a huge just chasm in you know our belief system versus theirs. You know what I'm saying? That's the whole reason for this. I wish people could understand and really you know, comprehend why conservatism is better. But a lot of people just chalk it down to, oh, you know, immigrants. Um, you know, they don't like immigrants. They want... Only uh, American citizens here, this, this, and that. You get what I'm saying? They don't realize what the actual word conservative stems from. It's in conserving the values and the Constitution from when, what, the 1770s. You know what I mean? But they want to kind of chalk it down to the immigration, abortion. uh, That's it. Just social issues that... You know, affect you know certain people that they can view or play as downtrodden individuals. That we fight for your cause, so vote for us, and we are behind you. And it's much easier to to appeal to the victim or to appeal to right. people's emotions when you are of the left. I mean, think of communism, Marxism, socialism. That's what it stems from. It's from this. Uh, care for Pete for victims just care for the oppressed and the poor yeah when you look at uh you know something like capitalism uh, off rip just kind of at a face value yeah people do get left behind and 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 there are some people who don't rise to the top and they look at that as an evil you know whereas marxism is something where everyone's equal theoretically and what they don't understand is you know just look at the the history of all of those world systems, all those government systems. It's never worked. I mean, obviously, it's just something we've talked about multiple times, but it's because of this, their focus on emotions, and they're better at it than we are. I mean, emotions are easy to relate to. So people, of course, are drawn to that um, more so than facts, more so than logic, more so than right. just, you know, true fairness. It's this emotional attack or emotional appeal to the masses. And obviously it doesn't work. 
I mean, we've seen it we, with the last eight years with Obama. Right. And, dude, look where the country's been. This, uh, this whole oppression of, of minorities. And, look, race relations haven't been this bad for, I mean, this is the worst it's been at, I don't know how long. Right. Well, since the, 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 the Watts riots after Rodney King, the L.A. riots, um, and then after, and before that, civil rights. Right now, race relations are bad. I'm not saying it's as bad as civil rights because, you know, people were getting lynched and that was true oppression. But come on, man. Right now, I mean, it's just frustrating. This is all, and this is all anyone wants to talk about. Yeah, and then you can go to the DACA point with, you know, most recently uh, Jorge Garcia. Yeah. You know, being deported yesterday. He was deported yesterday on Martin Luther King Day. And it was a big controversy uh, he's been here 30 years, lived in Michigan. He was brought here when he was uh, 10 years old. Uh, I th- he has two kids, a wife, and he, I mean, he's too old to be a recipient of DACA. So that's one thing. So he's unable. He was, uh, he came after the Simpson and Mazoliak of 1981. It was in 85, but only people who entered prior to 81 were allowed to receive that amnesty. So uh, he came too late for that. So, yeah, he's definitely between a rock and a hard place. My issue here is two things. Do I think there could be a better system of immigration? Yes, obviously. I think things could always get better in terms of immigration. Another thing I would say is for 30 years you've been here and I mean, I don't know. I really don't know these questions, but have you tried to resolve your immigration status for 30 years while you've been in this country? And maybe he has. And I'm more than sure that that would have involved him going back to his country of origin and then having to stay there, ask for citizenship within or residency rather in the United States and then later on ask if when he came or arrived you know ask for a citizenship those are things you have to think about these are not you cannot sit and wait for the government to figure it out because for 30 years you were here and they didn't figure it out right yeah and now you're in a position of where you, I don't know, maybe you trusted the government to do the right thing. The government doesn't work like that. You want it to work like, I want it to work like that. I want the government to do the right thing most of the time. I mean, I hope it would do it all the time. Yeah. But the reality is, is the government is inept to make these kind of demands and decisions across the board especially for individuals yeah so what you know so again i think it's a twofold problem you have to if you are here in this country illegally you have to find out what you can do to have a a legal citizenship within this country yeah yeah i agree i mean yes daca could work but no one's going to give you a citizenship right off right off the bat. I mean, it's not going to happen. That was a thing of the past. I don't see it happening under the Trump administration. Obama didn't get it done. 
You know, that's something that he ran on for eight years. I mean, he came up with the the Dream Act. You know, so this is what we're left over with. Yeah. So he found a temporary solution, not a permanent one. And now we're stuck here and we have to, uh, of course, we're going to read these stories of, you know, people getting deported after 30 years. These are all the things they're going to pull out, especially, you know, with DACA being such a hot button issue right now. Yeah. And uh, the deals between Republicans and Democrats trying to get this done. Yeah. You know, and I feel for the guy. I mean, he has, you know, like you said, he has a family, two kids. That sucks. You know, um, but like you said, you know, and and like, again, like you said, I don't know exactly what he's done, um, the things he has tried to do. But in in 30 years, you were unable to become a citizen or a legal resident for 30 years? Just unable. Or did you really not try I'm, I mean, to be honest, I'm going to think that he didn't try. I know people that have been here for 10 years who are citizens. Right. Um, I, and they did everything they needed to do to become legal United States citizens. Now, is it inconvenient when you have a wife, two kids to go for an extended period of time, a couple months to a year to become that legal citizen? Absolutely. That's inconvenient. But now look. He can't come into back into the United States for, at the very least, ten years. That sucks, dude. But yeah. to a certain extent, that's on him, man. I, I I find it hard to believe that he couldn't become a citizen for this long. Right. You know, and of course, people are gonna. I, I saw something on um, Facebook from a brother, a Christian brother, and he um, was kind of mentioning or, or calling out those who were in agreement with uh, Trump's, you know, with the, I guess, the Republican policy on DACA and uh, how it was signed away and, you know, the reinstitution of something else through Congress. And right. now you got people getting deported, this, this, and that. Like you said, there's a lot of stories. And how, you know, we should really, see, like, I guess, I uh, can't think of the word, but think on what it looks like to love your enemy as a neighbor or love your neighbor as yourself you know what i'm saying um and yeah i get that you know and and of course what he's saying is if you think this is okay then you're not behaving christian-like um yeah i mean i get what he's saying and look i feel for the guy i'm not saying i don't care and oh this is his fault but where do we put where's the line when is someone responsible for what they should have done, there's got to be a line. I mean, God, God is very clear in the scriptures. It's never just some blanket statement of like, oh no, you should care. No, I have to, you know, to in order to be a man, a Christian man, I have to provide for my family, and you know, give them spiritual sustenance. Right? right. If I'm not doing that, there will be consequences. It doesn't come with without act without. Um, without works right dude this guy i'm sorry but man 30 years and you couldn't become a citizen i'm man and i think like you said where's the line and i think that comes from just a faulty immigration system yeah you know from a lack of a more comprehensive of okay here's what we do and this is it you know, we don't make special ex- exemptions. You know, we stop with these uh, 
with these certain visas that you have to meet certain criteria you know it, you know it needs to be just a more it just has to be a simpler format to get the people that we you know you want within the country and deny those who you know you do not want to enter the country uh you know when it comes to people who are already here you know or have been here for 30 years yeah there there needs to be something else no you don't put them in front of the line of people who are waiting in foreign countries to come here legally who have done everything they've needed to do to properly enter yes i understand he came here at 10 years old but again it is his immigration status it's not anyone else's he needs to be searching and looking and finding a way to resolve this so yes i understand if he was brought here at 10 years old and he wanted to become a us citizen i'm telling you he would have to have gone to his country of origin and then stayed there which i mean i don't know maybe he would have known uh you know the culture the language so what do you do i mean yes i understand he probably would have been lost or not known anything because being here in america you know from 10 years old to 18 you're pretty much going to be americanized everything you know is going to be america but again so what's where's a clear cut law of how you deal with these people and again if you're waiting for the government to make these decisions and tell you that they're going to take care of you then you're waiting on the wrong one cuz they're going to let you down time and time again yeah, of course yeah i mean as far as immigration is concerned it's got, i think it's got to be merit based completely merit based yeah. I mean, forget about countries forget about this like you mentioned it shouldn't matter whatever country anyone's coming from. Right. If they are willing to work hard, pay taxes, and you can tell that they are willing to assimilate to American culture, absolutely, yes, let them in. If not, then no. It should completely be merit-based. You know what I'm saying? And the left doesn't want that. The, of course, I mean, this has been the issue for quite a long time. Uh, President Trump has, has mentioned that he, he would prefer a merit-based immigration system. Um, many on the right have, and but the left has not, does not want this, and it goes back to where you're going, where you, you know where you went before, like you said with uh, with was it Jorge Garcia? Right. It's it's the it's this idea of personal responsibility. You know what I'm saying? There we have a responsibility to do the things that we need to do in order to to have what we want or to have what we need. I'm not convinced that this guy was, you know, Jorge was completely responsible. I mean, dude, you got to look out for your family. And if looking out for your family means you have to, you know, do everything that you can to become a citizen, you have to do that. Right. Your parents did it. Or before you have a family. Uh, yeah, or before you have a family, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Both of your parents did it. And if they didn't, they're out of here, man. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and yeah, my parents got lucky. Yes, there was amnesty involved, you know, in, in 1985. So yes, they got very lucky. I do not deny that. But again, that's not, you can't wait on the government yeah. to come through like that. You can't hope for the, you can't hope for a jackpot or a lotto right. or something. That's literally it. Yeah. You know, 
And again, I don't. And this guy is an upstanding citizen. He's pays never taxes. He pays taxes. He's never been in trouble with the law. Great guy, I'm sure. But again, when it comes to the government, why you know you cannot sit here and wait and believe that they have your best interests or that they're going to get things resolved the way you want them. It's not going to happen. Exactly. That's why less government is better government. Yes. And, you know, and I would be fine with, you know, open border immigration if there was no welfare system. You know, if there was a smaller government, you know. Because I, I think we thrive on those things. We thrive on immigrants coming to this country and making a way. Yeah. Regardless of what people want to say about this group, that group, the reality is when immigrants come here from foreign countries, they do thrive. And they they become the backbone of America. They become those people who have small businesses, who have dreams. They raise families and they show them that, you know, this is America. This is what I came here to do and this is what I accomplished. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a good point that you made because it's not as if, and I can't speak for everyone, but I'll speak for myself. It's not that I hate any immigrants. I mean, we don't want Im- people from different countries coming to America. It's not the case at all. The issues are everything on, you know, compounded on top of the fact that we have tons of immigrants coming in, illegal immigrants coming in. We have social programs that are uh, like welfare that are granting them money, our tax-paying dollars, to people that aren't contributing to the economy. I mean, right. And that's just one tiny problem. It's, it's the, the, the fact that the government is so large that the American citizens that are here aren't benefiting, that are actually at a loss when so many people are undocumented here. You get what I'm saying? Right. The issue is not immigration itself. It's the it's everything around it. And that's what we're voting for. And when we vote for someone like a Trump and his policies, that everything around this could get better so that one day immigration can have that reform that it really needs and we can continue to bring them in. Absolutely. I mean, you see back in, you know, Ellis Island, people were coming through. I mean, that that defined America at one point, you know what I'm saying? It defined who we are today as far as a country. But there is, to a certain extent, there there needs to be a limit and a line. And we need to be able to draw that, define it, and then instill it in immigration and social reform and all of that. So, But yeah, guys, uh, that was episode 18. Uh, we'll we we uh, blah, blah, blah. we will be back next week. Uh, stay tuned, uh, Josh. Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joshua underscore the Gray G R A Y, and you can find me on Twitter as well at Sage underscore Rodrigo Sage underscore R O D R I G O. All right, guys. Thanks. This is We the Millennials. See ya. See ya.